This is 8 Minutes, a podcast helping you understand the energy and climate challenge in just a few minutes. I'm your host, Paul Schuster. At the stroke of midnight on September 15th, the United Auto Workers contracts with the big three auto companies expired. The result? The first UAW strike against all three auto companies at the same time. How does this relate to energy and climate? Well, one of the big concerns of auto workers is the transition of the industry towards electric vehicles, a process that requires fewer hands and sometimes a lower pay rate. Today, we'll look at the EV transition through the lens of the workers on the front lines. What are they demanding? Are their fears real? And what does this mean for the future of electric vehicles? Eight minutes. It's how long it takes the sun's race to hit Earth, or about how long it takes to bake up a batch of chocolate chip cookies. Add another minute on to eat them. And let's get it on. Jim Farley, the CEO of Ford, made something of a splash in November of last year when he stated that EVs required 40% less labor than that of an internal combustion engine car. Oh boy, you can imagine how that was received by the 145,000 strong membership of the UAW. As recently as 2019, UAW members walked off the lines at GM, partially due to their fears that the transition to electric vehicles would mean them losing their jobs. The UAW and the automakers managed to negotiate their way through that crisis, but the intervening years have seen a lot of change. Back in 2019, EVs made up less than 2% of the U.S. market, whereas today, that percentage is up over 7%. Tesla, and their non-unionized EV shop now dominates every aspect of the automotive landscape, and the Biden administration has shoved billions of dollars into encouraging automakers and consumers to accelerate their transition to electric vehicles. To auto workers, this move is scary. If Ford's expectations are right, there are a lot of jobs that are going to be lost during this transition. And so, as of Thursday of last week, the UAW organized their first ever coordinated strike against all three big auto manufacturers. Usually, the union challenges one or two companies at a time, but we now find ourselves with all three being affected. Oh, sure, pay is a big part of this. Sean Fain, the UAW president, points to the fact that car maker profits are up over 65% over the past four years, but auto worker rates have only increased by 6%. And the disparity between CEO and line worker pay has grown over that time as well, with Farley's salary jumping 21% over that time frame, while the CEO of GM, Mary Barra's salary, is now 362 times that of the median GM employee. The UAW has offered up a position to raise wages by 40%, and naturally the auto companies have countered with a range of more of 15 to 20%. Those issues need to be worked out, but the EV issue looms right beside it. What good is a 40% pay raise if the job disappears at the end of the day? Let's take it one step further, because the types of jobs that EVs require are different as well. EVs don't require all the moving parts that an ICE car does, no transmission or exhaust systems, for example. However, the EV does require battery pack assembly and installation. The challenge for auto workers? The current ICE jobs pay out an average rate of $28 to $35 per hour, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. A Carnegie Mellon study found that a new Ford battery plant in Kentucky is hiring workers at somewhere around $25 per hour, and a GM battery plant in Ohio is hiring workers at a rate as low as $16.50 per hour. Even if transmission workers shift and skill up to work on batteries, they could see a real wage decrease of 10 to 40%. 
And those battery factory jobs are non-unionized, which is something of a threat to UAW leadership. But the news isn't all bad for workers. For one thing, the notion that EVs will require less labor than ICE cars may be overstated. Monroe and Associates, which specialize in tearing apart and benchmarking cars, notes that the number of parts between an EV and an ICE car, once the battery pack is included, are roughly the same. And that Carnegie Mellon study that I referenced earlier found that EVs actually require more labor hours once the battery assembly is included. This is one of the reasons why the major automakers are trying to pull some of that labor further in-house. By more vertically integrating, the auto companies hope to not only retain control over their fragile, evolving electric supply chains, but ensure that the jobs that are created are Ford or GM or Stellantis jobs. The challenge for the UAW is in finding ways to unionize those positions and getting their wages up to what union members are used to. And that evolution may take time as currently EV production is a huge money sink for most automakers. With the exception of Tesla, which has built a supply chain and a process to turn out profitable, affordable-ish EVs, the other automakers are kind of lurching forward from a standing start. Ford is investing $50 billion into their EV production lines by 2026. GM investing another $35 billion between 2020 and 2025, with Stellantis following around the same numbers. These are big dollars, big bets, and bets that won't pay off for a bit. Ford CFO John Lawler reported that each EV that it sold in the second quarter of this year cost them $32,000. It compares to a profit of a little over $3,000 for each ICE vehicle. That loss, though, is almost all in capital retrofitting. Once those investments have been made, Lawler expects that EVs will be even more profitable than ICE cars, yielding an 8% return per vehicle. In the meantime, though, automakers need to navigate that capital investment, a complete restructuring of their supply chain, a need to turn out electric vehicles that their customers want to buy, all while keeping investors from panicking at the thought of a loss of $30,000 per car. And now the line workers want a 40% pay raise too? That's the push and pull of the current strike. How can union members ensure that they will not only have jobs at the end of the day, but good, well-paying jobs that meet their needs? And how can auto companies meet those expectations all while doing everything they can to soften the near-term impact of this massive transition to electric vehicles. Getting this right is critical, because getting it wrong couldn't mean big price increases on EVs, right at a time when the U.S. market needs more affordable EVs, not more pricey ones. I'm Paul Schuster, and this has been your 8 Minutes.